Newton Media Group, a family of creative services, presents the Voice Over Work podcast. Today is the 29th of March, 2022. Today's podcast is a chapter-by-chapter review of the book by Nick Trenton, The Science of Being Lucky, How to Engineer Good Fortune, Consistently Catch Lucky Breaks, and Live a Charmed Life. To learn more about Nick Trenton and to register for a free mini book on the path to a calm, decluttered, and zen mind, please take a moment and visit nicktrenton.com. Thanks for joining us today, and here's that chapter-by-chapter preview of The Science of Being Lucky. Chapter 1, Luck of the Draw. So much for some of the research into the area, but let's take a closer look. What is luck more generally, and why do people want it so badly? Why do we even care if black cats cross our paths, or if we're wearing our smelly yet lucky underwear while watching our favorite teams play? We all grow up with the general idea that our actions are not the only factor at play in the outcomes of our lives that there's some amount of random chance that's either working in our favor or against it. We call this random chance luck. If we're lucky, good things happen, and if we're unlucky, bad things happen. The belief in luck has manifested itself in different ways for different cultures and traditions for as long as there has been recorded history. In Western countries, there's an old saying, See a penny, pick it up, and all day long you'll have good luck. In eastern countries, you often can't enter a restaurant without catching a glimpse of a statue of a cat waving at you. Whatever the case, the idea of having good fortune and doing everything possible to channel this ephemeral blessing is often far more valuable to people than the coins or cats themselves. It may work, and it may not, but in the off chance it does, it can't hurt, right? Just as accumulating good luck is highly desirable— Avoiding bad luck is also of significant importance in many cultures. In fact, there are countless superstitions people hold for the sole purpose of avoiding misfortune, such as skipping the 13th floor in high-rise buildings or not walking under ladders. You may have your own personal superstitions about how to avert disaster. In either case, the thing about lucky charms and superstitions is that they represent our human attempt to control what seems... Chapter 2. What to Believe Whatever you think of it, luck is an extremely valuable commodity because of how people seem to clamor for it. And as is the case with any valuable commodity, there are a whole lot of people who want more of it. We've seen that when it comes to luck, there's no way to make random chance occur more frequently for us. There is, sadly no charm or magical incantation. But when it comes to what we can change to improve our outcomes, it turns out that our attitudes, our perceptions, and our beliefs make a huge difference because they impact our behavior. We shouldn't be at all surprised, therefore, that there are all kinds of methods out there that supposedly increase people's luck or otherwise claim to manifest happiness and fulfillment indirectly. Whenever there's a need in a market, solutions will spring up, and not all of them are actually targeted at solving the problem, 
Some of them are just targeted at selling a solution. This chapter will examine two of the most common methods of courting luck and attempt to determine if they are actually effective at bringing good fortune or if they're merely giving people the illusion of having more control over their lives and happiness. As we've seen, luck and our perception of luck are two different things. In this book, we're attempting to genuinely move the needle rather than go through the motions of ritual simply because they make us feel better. As the chapter title notes, there are methods that may have been seen on outlets such as Oprah or other shows that tend to hop onto new trends without regard for any scientific support. In other words, there are buzzwords and cozy ideas that might seem appealing on the surface. That is, until you dig into the science. There, Chapter 3. What to Think It might seem like lucky is something you're born to be. Fortunately, being lucky is not just about the accidents of your birth, innate ability, or even talent. If there's been a theme throughout this book thus far, it is that luckiness is achievable through creating conditions for luck, and that is wholly within your control. Truly being lucky boils down to a short aphorism by the Roman philosopher and statesman Seneca. Luck is where opportunity meets preparation. In ancient Rome, Seneca lived a life that defined luck. He was born into a low rank, but through his hard work and awareness, he moved up into the realm of the elite in Rome. His luck brought him a friendship with Roman emperors, including Claudius and Nero. He eventually became one of the wealthiest people of his day. Was Seneca luckier than most people? He certainly wasn't unlucky, but he also understood the workings of the world, which is clear throughout the philosophical texts he crafted in his lifetime. He embodied several of the traits that modern researchers and psychologists consider to be those of lucky people. Some people may find that money falls in their lap or a lucky break comes from nowhere, and they find their fortunes turning with no input from them. But this kind of luck... Dumb luck is, by definition, pretty uncommon, and since we can't create it for ourselves, it's not worth thinking about. But as we've seen, there are other, subtler, gray areas between 100% dumb luck and hard work. In that realm where our attitude, preparation, actions, and perceptions change how we maximize the random opportunities we're given, we have more control than we think. We've seen that lucky people are optimistic and believe they're lucky. Let's look at a few more traits that the lucky have. Chapter 4. What to do. So, we've looked closely at what to think, how to be, and what traits to cultivate in yourself so that you're maximizing on whatever brilliant opportunities the universe is throwing your way. If luck equals preparation plus opportunity, then we have the following two components that make up luck. Opportunity. We can't control this, but we can control ourselves and adopt a positive, open-minded, relaxed, and proactive mindset so that we can make the best of existing opportunity and be receptive to new opportunity. Preparation. We can take action, i.e., do something, whether in response to an opportunity or in preparation for it. The right mindset will naturally lead to the right actions which is why we spent so much time exploring the way that lucky people's attitudes and personalities differ from unlucky people's. But, as is probably clear to you by now, 
action matters a lot. And so it's worth also exploring the quintessential behaviors that set lucky people apart. What exactly do they do, day in and day out, that puts them on a different, luckier path in life? Task 1. Work harder. This should come as no surprise. It goes against our conventional understanding of a lucky person, i.e., someone who has nice things just fall into their laps. But the unglamorous truth is that lucky people work hard. Really hard. True, you might hear a story of some amazing opportunity coming to find someone while they were doing something else. But usually, that something else was working hard on another goal, related or not. Lucky people lean into the preparation part of the above equation. Chapter 5. Coincidence and Serendipity There are two phenomena that humans commonly associate with luck, coincidence and serendipity. Serendipity is the occurrence and development of favorable or beneficial events, seemingly by chance. It's finding on the ground the exact amount of money you later discover you're short at a restaurant. It's a book falling open at precisely the chapter that you most need in your research project and which you've been wondering about for ages. Serendipity is meeting somebody who grew up in the same small town as you while you're both living in an urban metropolis on the other side of the country. Whenever you find yourself saying, it's a small world, or wow, what are the chances? You've probably experienced some serendipity. Similarly, a coincidence is a remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances with seemingly no casual connection to one another. The word coincidence can be used affirmatively, as in, it's a crazy coincidence that we wore the same colored shirts as each other three days in a row. However, it's also common to use coincidence in the negative, such as, it can't be a coincidence that we wore the same colored shirts as each other three days in a row. It can also be positive or negative, respectively. I can't believe we're both from the same village of under 500 inhabitants. Or, I can't believe my ex-boyfriend is here out of all the restaurants in this huge city. While random chance is an inherent part of both phenomena, the more of each we experience personally, the luckier we appear to be. Some have devised elaborate theories to explain these seemingly magical experiences from Jung's theory of synchronicity. Chapter 6. Wiseman's Four Factors you got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry famously asked this pivotal question in 1971, but it's a question as old and mysterious as time itself. Do I feel lucky? What makes me lucky? What is luck, anyway? As we've seen, could it really be a feeling, after all? Again, we end up at the laurels of British professor Richard Wiseman's studies and conclusions on Kismet's role in our lives. Over the course of 10 years, Wiseman interviewed hundreds of people about the ways luck factored into their daily lives, and numerous patterns emerged. Eventually, Wiseman detailed his conclusions in the book The Luck Factor, in which he reveals that while his subjects had almost no insights into the causes of their luck, 
They displayed consistent patterns of behavior that were directly responsible for their good or bad fortune. We've covered some of these results earlier in the book, and this chapter builds on the narrative of certain traits and factors that typically accompany the presence of luck. Again, this isn't to say that doing X or Y literally causes you to win at blackjack or meet that special someone, only that it makes some hidden, intermediate steps more possible. It's these steps that ultimately lead to fortunate outcomes. Wiseman conducted many controlled experiments that allowed him to observe luck in action. In one experiment, he simply asked a volunteer to walk up the street to a specific coffee shop and order a cup of coffee. Unbeknownst to his subject, he had left money on the ground in their path and had positioned a well-connected... Chapter 7. Strategic Luck Planning Again, we're faced with the question, is there a way to control and increase your luck? Is there a strategy to boost your chances of success? Let's try to pull all of the information we've explored into one solid strategy. We know Richard Wiseman's stance. Absolutely, there's a way to boost your luck. And he expands his four factors into eight, well, seven and a half, personality traits one can cultivate deliberately. Some of these were explored in the previous chapter. However, according to Max Gunther, there are actually a whopping 13 types of mindset that are likely to lead to luck, fortune, and serendipity. Gunther was an author and researcher who was best known for his controversial bestseller on financial risk management, The Zurich Axioms. But he also wrote other works, including The Luck Factor, The Very, Very Rich, and Instant Millionaires. His book on strategic luck planning outlines 13 different techniques for discovering and taking advantage of life's good breaks. You'll notice that there's some overlap between his theory and Wiseman's. According to him, some people are born with good fortune, while others need a little more deliberate strategy to get what they desire. If you're reading this book, chances are you fall into the latter category. Either way, these 13 steps will help you do whatever you can to put you on the luckiest path forward. How did the lucky organize their lives? Let's take a look. Luck versus planning. The first of Gunther's rules is that luck and planning are two separate things that should never be confused. When a desired outcome is brought about by luck, you must acknowledge that fact. However, Luck is not involved if you take the time to plan for the unexpected and things end up going well. This has been The Science of Being Lucky, How to Engineer Good Fortune, Consistently Catch Lucky Breaks, and Live a Charmed Life. Written by Nick Trenton, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2022 by Nick Trenton. Production copyright by Nick Trenton. To learn more about today's author or book, please visit Amazon.com or Audible.com. Show notes and further information can be found at RussellEricNewton.com. With an eclectic collection of insights, knowledge, and trivia from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.